Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Podcast. So today's episode is last night's live from the Female Fatless Program with my amazing group of clients and the one-to-one clients have joined in as well. And we had the amazing new coach, Alyssa, jump on as well, which was amazing to, to see and get her feedback on a few of the questions that we recorded on off air as well. So some of the stuff that we kind of spoke about is fiber, how to get protein as a vegetarian, bloating, why mood might be a factor when it comes to motivation we talk about um how to get creatine in and make sure how you're getting that in but we also talk about a load of wide different topics as well so hopefully you enjoy the episode and so before the episode starts i just want to announce that there's a massive announcement coming next week with the new sponsor of the podcast but there's also a major announcement now that i am opening up two spaces for one-to-one coaching with myself this will probably be the last time i'll probably be advertising coaches to work with me one-to-one for quite a while so if you're interested in working with me click a link in the show notes or pop me a dm and we can talk about how you can get tailor program tailor nutrition for home or the gym you can get hands-on coaching for daily support weekly check-ins accountability motivation drop that all or nothing get rid of that perfection mindset you have around food and game-changing results so if you're interested click a link in the show notes or pop us a dm and we can have a free call so we have loads and loads and loads and loads to talk about on the live tonight uh because loads and loads of questions uh came in from everyone's so about nine or ten questions and probably there was a winner of the most unique question, which we'll be saving for the end. Uh, and I'm looking forward to answering that one without trying to laugh. If you've been watching that that Ireland or laugh out loud or laugh, whatever it is on on Prime, I first I I laughed a good bit with the last question that kind of came in. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about fiber. We're going to talk about motivation. We're going to talk about digestion. We're going to talk about how to get protein as a vegetarian. We're going to talk about is how many carbs is too many carbs or how to, I'm not hitting my carbs target. There's loads of different topics. I can't remember them all off the top of my head. I have little notes here in front of me on the screen. Uh, so I will kind of go through those. So the first question that came in is tips on how to increase my fiber. Ideas are fiber-rich foods or maybe quick lunch or dinner ideas that are higher in fiber. Okay. So the big thing that I would say about fiber is it's really really important to be getting vegetables in and fruit in okay so and fiber in in some some way or form whether it's soluble or insoluble okay so the dietary guidelines on fiber is very different across the board it goes anywhere between 25 grams to 35 grams per day i'm going to give you an example of how you could get 38 grams in a day without a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of thought process. All right. The guidelines vary, and most people are getting less than 20 grams on average before they started the group. And now, on average, most people are getting above that. So everyone has improved their fiber intake, which is amazing to see. And when we're like, we all know from when we're kids that fiber is great. Vegetables are great. We know that they, they they give us nutrients. They give us energy. They help our digestion. They cause less bloating. They give us minerals and vitamins. They're great for the gut microbiome. And they're also great for your menstrual cycle health as well. Because the only way for you to get rid of your old cycle is to poo it out. So your digestion is that important. So 
the, the whole thing around the recommended guidelines, they really do change. So the recommended guidelines for, say, a two to a five-year-old is around five, 15 grams per day, okay? Then as we get older to five to 11, it gets about 20 grams per day, and then 11 to 16-year-olds need about 25 grams per day, okay? On average, children age 11 to 18 are getting about 16 grams. So the recommendations are about 20 to 25, and they're getting about 16 so there's wiggle room for improvement across the board. And if we can get that done in and sorted in as an early age, you'll be flying it and you'll feel a hell of a lot better in a lot of things. And you're leading by example. So if your kids see you eating vegetables and whole grains and all that kind of stuff on, on your plate, you'll lead by example and they'll start to, to, to notice that as well. Some people have different um, texture memories when they're looking at food so they might not like certain vegetables or some people can say i don't like any fruit or don't like any vegetables but it's about finding what you what what does work for you um on that side of things so why do we actually need fiber so it can help to reduce heart disease it can help to reduce strokes it can help to reduce type 2 diabetes and help to reduce uh, bowel cancer as well they can help to make us feel fuller they can help digestion and can, can also prevent constipation. So variety is what you want to look at. So if you look at, if you think of the slogan by Skittles, which is eat the rainbow, it's the exact same with vegetables. You want to try and make your plate as colorful. And what's really cool to see when I'm working with one-to-one -one clients is when they are sending the pictures of their food, of those who decide to, when they first start to where they are at, like after week one or week two, is two very different plates. They're focusing on making the plate about half of it in vegetables and then some protein and some carbs and some fats. So they're focusing on that and they're learning that if we fill the plate half with vegetables, we're in a really, right, really strong place uh, with that side of things. So to, to increase your, your fiber, what could you do? You could go for whole grains, whole grain bread, whole grain rice, um, kind of shredded wheat, oats or porridge, uh, high fiber bread, um, whole grain pasta, potatoes with the skin on, um, baked potatoes, boiled new potatoes, lentils, beans, pulses, uh, chickpeas, um, variety of like rocket. And like if you're looking for a really, really easy and lazy way, get chia seeds and flax seeds, put them into your Greek yogurt or onto your um or onto your oats that adds more fiber in straight away and then if you're looking for a really lazy way if you're looking for your lunch i get a bag of spinach and put that into your fridge or a bag of rocket and put a handful of that into your sandwich or whatever it may be and if you're looking for an easier way put that some more into your dinner so if you're making a stew or a curry and it's a really handy way that you can do it as well so you can look at getting more fruit in as well um, you can look at oat cakes, you know, that side of things. So I'm going to give you a, an example of some meals that could help you to get those back in, which will equate to about 38 grams per day of fiber. So if you look at two slices of whole grain or wholemeal bread, so that'll be 6.6 .6 grams of fiber. And then you topped with one slice of banana is 1.4 grams. And a small glass of fruit juice, which is about 150 milliliters, is about 1.2. And that will give you about nine grams of fiber straight away. All right. So it's not great in the protein front, but it's okay on the fiber front. Another one you could do is a bit of oats, a bit of Greek yogurt or whey, 
throw in a bit of berries, throw a bit of chia seeds, and you could easily get 15 to 20 grams in that one meal alone. My main fiber meal is my breakfast. Accidentally, it's just I, I like fruit. I like the chia seeds. I like oats and stuff because it's just easy. And that could be an easy way for you to do it. And you're getting your sweet tooth hit by getting the berries in. So a way to do it at lunch would be maybe a jacket potato with the skin on, which is about 4.7 grams. Then you're emptying about half a, ca- a can of about of, of beans, which is about 200 grams per portion, and which is about 9.8 grams. And then that could be that could be probably about 13, 14 grams of fiber in that. And you can throw in a little bit of cheese on, a melted cheese on if you really want to. And there's your, your fiber content. There's a bit of protein in there as well. So it's really, really simple to do it. If you're looking at your dinner, you could look at maybe a mixed vegetable tomato-based curry uh, cooked with onions and spices, and that could be about 6.6 grams. If you put in some boiled whole grain rice, that's about 2.7 grams. Uh, You could put in some maybe a lower-fat fruit yogurt if you wanted into that. It's about 0.4 grams, and that will give you about 9.7 grams there. If you want to make that more, put a little bit more lentils in, put a little bit more beans in. Throw a little bit more vegetables in it. Frozen veggies are really handy and cheap and cheerful. Um, so, and if you want to have some snacks, you're looking at fruit, you're looking at berries, a small handful of nuts. So you're looking at already, that's adding in, that's up to about 35 to about 40 grams of fiber. If I was to look at that really, really quickly, um, which is simple. And they're probably things you have in the house already. So it's not like you have to go out and get loads of ingredients. I'm trying to make this as relatable as possible and as achievable as possible. So if you are to actually write out, and this is really useful if you're starting out, is write out a menu for yourself for the week or just rough ideas and look at, right, are my mate, my three main meals getting enough protein into them? All right, tick, tick, tick. Are my main meals getting enough vegetables into them? Tick, tick, tick. So you've already won the week already by getting the two main things that are going to really, really important to help you keep fuller get you more minerals and, and, and keep your budget down as well, because you're not going to see as much food wastage. You can get frozen veggies, which are, they hold their minerals better in the, in the freezer than the fresh veggies, beans, lentils, all that kind of stuff. You probably have in the press already. Whole grain options are in the shop. So you can get them really, really quickly. But the one thing that I would say is if you're going from zero to hero with your fiber, you're going to probably notice two things. Um, you're probably gonna have to notice two things. You'll either get constipated or you'll get really gassy or you'll get laxative effect. So rather than trying to go full hog uh, with your fiber, probably ease in with it. So if you are struggling to get even one vegetable with your dinner, maybe just try to get one vegetable with your dinner and try, try not to go from 10 grams of fiber a day to 35 grams a day. You're just gonna feel bloated and feel uncomfortable and say, this isn't worth it. So that could be a factor. So meet yourself where you are at currently. If you're looking to get more fiber in, look at what you're doing currently and write it out and you'll see it, whole grain options or fruit and veggies. All right, can I add in an extra veggie into my dinner? Could I add in more fruit into a snack or into my breakfast? So if you write it out, you'll see it. Most people just think of it and think that's what's going to happen. It's like, no, if you write it out, I know some clients even have like a vision board behind them in the kitchen and they can they, they have like a menu written out for themselves and the kids can see it and they're kind of like oh i know what's for dinner and they'll know when to come home for dinner or not to come home for dinner but it can help 
to give you that little bit of more structure and kind of write it out, right? There's my protein for the week. There's my veggies and fruit for the week. And it can be really, really helpful on that side of things. All right. Um, so hopefully that has helped. Um, if you are, the next question is, I can't seem to hit my carbs intake. Any tips would help. So the one thing that I would say is, as long as your protein and your calorie target or your calorie range are within the the bracket that has been set for you, uh, you don't need to worry about your carbs or your fats ranges at all. So as long as those two, your protein and your calories are bang on, it doesn't matter if you go low carb, high fats or high fats, low carbs. It doesn't really matter which, which way your macros are um, as long as your calories and your protein are okay. So ways can you get your carbs up? If you look at your bracket, write it out again on a piece of paper what you're currently eating. So carbohydrate is like oats. Uh, it's the likes of bread. It's like the rice. It's the likes of fruit. There's the likes of pasta. Um, those kind of things that can really be useful to get your, your carbohydrates up. So if you look at your list, because I would include carbohydrates at most meals. Like if you look at my eating on a Friday the day before a match, I'm eating a hell of a lot of carbohydrates in order to be able to get energy in. Um, a really quick and easy way is like a quick bowl of Rice Krispies. That's a really handy way. It's probably my last meal I have before I go to bed on, on the night before a match is making sure they get some Rice Krispies in because it's not too hard to digest. They're tasty as hell. Um, but I'm also making sure that I'm getting some carbohydrate into me that will will be useful for me so I have enough energy because my matches are in the mornings. So I don't really like to eat first thing in the morning. And if you're training before, if you're like me that doesn't like to eat first thing in the morning, you could say get a little bit of banana, a bit of peanut butter or half a bagel with a bit of peanut butter if you wanted to. So it's looking at where you're at right now and seeing what foods you could list out and see what could you increase. But I wouldn't be worrying about it, about your carbs intake. It's not a death sentence. As long as your calorie range and your protein are bang on, which I know that person who asked that question, they are. Um, and everyone that's in that group has lost measurements this week and has lost weight this week, every single person. Um, so it's pretty cool to see. Um, the next question is back into fiber, which is, does it matter if our fiber is soluble or insoluble? And if so, what should we have more of? Okay. So we're back onto fiber. So fiber comes up three times tonight, I think. So we need to look at what fiber is. Fiber, so when people say carbs are bad for you, I'm like, I am going to slap the person that created that. People forget that fruit and vegetables are carbohydrates. People forget that fruit and vegetables are carbohydrates. So fiber is a type of carbohydrate that your body can't digest, which means that it needs to pass through your body relatively intact by doing a hell of a lot of work in along the way that's why it's more filling it's more satiating for you it's important to know that there are two fibers there is soluble which is found in foods such as oat bran nuts seeds beans lentils some fruit and veggies and then soluble fiber soaks up water and dissolves creating a gel that moves slowly through your digestive tract and that helps to thicken up um or bulk up that stool as well to prevent constipation and these types of ones are called like whole grains and vegetables. Um, so it's really, really, really important that I would say you probably need a mix and match of both. You probably, need, if you're, if you're worried, am I getting enough fiber? I'd be like, I would just try to add in a little bit more than you are currently doing at the minute. I wouldn't try to overcomplicate it. 
Most people try to be like, oh, I need to get my fiber up. I need to get my protein up. I need to get my fats up. I need to get everything up. But I, that's, too, that's too overwhelming. You No wonder you can't stick to it. This perfection thing will not work. And people still think it's going to work. It's not going to work. Perfection and nutrition is one surefire way of failing every single time. So if you're new to it and you're looking to increase fiber, add in one extra vegetable with your dinner or add in an extra fruit into your, your meals or your snacks in a week and then add on more on that. Don't go from hero to zero or zero to hero uh, really, really quickly, okay? So the next question is, my question is regarding eating in the evening. If I have calories remaining, I imagine it's fine. I enjoy eating something at night when I sit down with a cup of tea. It's habit really. Would it be better if I digested or fat loss if I didn't eat late? So what I would say here is there was one study done recently, I think it was last year, that they only tested it out on 16 people. And they kind of said that there, this sensations headline kind of came out that people who eat later in the evenings um, will gain fat. It's kind of like, no, the body needs uh, needs to be able to digest the food. Like the only reason people will gain fat is through eating more calories than their body needs over continuous time. Many people weigh, like, lose weight is eating less than their body needs over a continuous amount of time. So what can happen is in the evenings is the types of food that people have are probably a little bit more uh, higher palatable. So they're tastier foods. They're like your sugary foods, your snacks, your more processed foods. And they can add up really, really quickly into your calories. So you could be like doing really well all day, 16, 1700 calories all day. And then all of a sudden you're kind of, you get a little bit tired. Your partner brings out a few bags of sweets and you're probably on 2300 calories a day from realizing or 3000 calories a day from realizing. So that way you can see how eating in the evening or picking in the evening can happen and can increase your calories. But it's not like if you have, say, a bar of chocolate at 6 p.m. And it's like, say, a Fredo, which is what, 70 calories, 110 calories, I can't remember. Say it's 100 calories, for example. It's not like it's 601 that goes up to 150 calories. Your body just doesn't change it. But eating too close to bed with the with the decent sized meal or your full on dinner. So like I I know that this this live won't be over until maybe eight or quarter past eight tonight. So I had to have my dinner beforehand because I know if I ate later, I wouldn't I wouldn't be probably hungry and too um it'd be too big a meal for me to be able to go to bed so my body won't be able to process it i won't be able to sleep i'll feel lethargic i'll feel more bloated it will impact my mood and then i wake up the next day feeling lethargic and you could step on the scales and you could see that the scales will go up but it's just water weight or your where the stomach there's there's food still in your stomach because it hasn't digested so if you think about it when you eat your body has to be able to process the food and it goes down the body like so and has to be able to come out somewhere, okay? But if you're going from the couch or your dining room or your, your kitchen table and eating a big, big wholesome meal, and then you're going straight to bed where you're lying down, the food can't digest through, and you're going to feel sluggish. And if your mood is sluggish or your mood is low and you can't sleep, what happens? Hunger increases. You pick a little bit more, and that way calories can go up. So I would be like, if you're if it's... If you're always eating just before bed, it's not ideal, but it's not ideal because it's not great for your digestion. 
it's not that it increases fat gain. All right. So that's the way to look at it. So the next question is, please stop me if I'm talking too much, by the way. Uh, so next question was question five. So I think we're about halfway. Uh, so it was all, I was so made motivated in the first week, but this week I'm tired, cold, and all I want to do is eat any tips. So I know that from looking at this person's sheet that it was sleep that was the factor, but also menstrual cycle was also a factor. Plus last week we had the cold snap. All right. So a few different things. So if we don't sleep, our mood goes down. So motivation really isn't the word that we're looking for. But it's also not going to be the thing that gets you to where you want to go. We can't rely on it. We really can't rely on it. Motivation generally is your mood. So it should be called motivation. So when we sleep, what happens? We tend to stop doing the things that we think we should. But yet we go to work. We look after our kids probably clean the house, do all the shopping, do everything for everyone else, but you get dropped because your mood doesn't say so. But what happens if you change it? Like, why am I relying on motivation here to work, go where I want to go? Why not do something? That could be having your normal dinner rather than getting the takeaway. That could be going to sleep a little bit earlier. That could be putting your phone away. That could be going for a walk and ringing a friend saying, let's go for a walk. So because that person didn't sleep great that, not that last week and because the cold and stuff like that, they were feeling a lot more cold as well. Okay. So that is a factor. Plus, if you don't sleep, your body goes, it can feel colder already. And on top of more cold, cold and cold gets colder. So that could also be a factor. And when we get cold, our body looks for comfort. It looks for heat. It looks for warmth in the source of the trust you're liable, a.k.a. food. So we look for that little bit more comfort and food has been the one comfort in our lives. If you think about it, what's the first thing that's given to you when you're a baby, when you start crying, it's a breast to your mouth or a bottle. So you're already, you've got this positive reinforcement loop that when you get tired or when you get cranky or when you look for food, the bottle is given. So no wonder we look for food. No, it's literally no wonder. Um, and then also your cycle can be at play. So there'll be certain weeks where your temperature goes up and there'll be certain temperatures go down. And then your mood is at play as well if PMS can be a factor as well. So if your motivation is down, check on yourself, right? Is it my cycle week? Have I slept like shit? Am I completely utterly stressed to the max? Have I had a row with my partner? Are the kids being ass asses? But it's not motivation. It's completely your mood. So asking yourself, what can I do today that will help me with my goal? Whether that be just having a normal meal rather than a takeaway, probably not great to have alcohol if your mood is, if your mood is crap already. Probably not great to have more food or picking on food when your mood is crap already. It's not really going to fix it. Like if the if it's kind of like if you got a leak in your in your car and you and you kind of try and fix the window, it's kind of like it's not going to do much for the actual issue. So food isn't the problem. Food like food's not going to solve it. It can give you a fleeting warmth feeling, but it's not going to give you a, uh, it's not going to solve the issue for you. So it wasn't motivation last week. It was lack of sleep, increased tiredness, and, you're, and the cycle that was at play. So if we rely on the system by maybe planning that a little bit more, maybe entering the calories sometimes into the app that night before or before you start to eat, rather than doing it as you kind of go, 
that could really help you as well. Um, so it's not really down to mood or not really down to motivation. It's more down to mood. Um, so that could be a really big factor. So look at your sleep, look at your stress, look at your cycle, look at your stress levels, look at what's going on for you. Are you not meeting your own emotional needs? Are you feeling low? Those kind of different things. So it's rarely motivation because you go to work when you're feeling like that. Why? Because you need the money. Why? Because you keep roof over your head. Why? Because your family will have nowhere to stay. So there's your why. And that, that gets you out of bed. That gets you going. But when it comes to sometimes with our fitness or our health, we don't, it's not as high ranking as our family. Completely understandable and right. But sometimes we just need to like jump out of the bed and just say, count to three, one, two, three, jump out of the bed and maybe go for that walk that we don't want to. And that can help as well. All right. Um, sixth question. If I'm doing a home weight workout and have to stop halfway for about 15 minutes, will it have a negative impact? I warm up for each weight exercise. I hope that makes sense. So this, to give a little bit more context, this person's partner uh, works on the road sometimes or is away from home. So they have a young family and they may be interrupted by the kids. Okay. So the first question I'd ask is, is there any way to change the time that you train to fit it easier in your schedule? If not, that's cool. Second thing that I would kind of look at and write do, I would do is maybe do supersets rather than just doing one exercise at a time. So what I mean by supersets is say if you've got a, squat, a goblet squat and then you've got like shoulder press, do one set of your goblet squat, one set of your shoulder press, take a rest. One set of goblet squat, one shoulder press, goblet squat. And then do that for as many sets as has been set for you. And then move on to the next two exercises and next two exercises. So the workouts that are suggested for you guys shouldn't take more than half an hour at home. And if you're in the gym, anywhere between half an hour, 40 minutes, depending on how much you're on your phone and how much you're kind of staring at the wall. It really does depend on the person as well, how, many, how much rest time you're looking for as well. So with the with uh, the one thing that he said was they warm up for each exercise. So I would, for home workouts, depending on how much weight you are lifting, I don't think you need to do like a warm-up. You can do like a, a kind of a warm-up set if you want to, to kind of get a kind of a gist of where you're at with your strength. Uh, generally, that's kind of an, an easy way to kind of ease in. So maybe you're lifting 8 kg for a shoulder press and you want to warm up with a 4 or a 5 and do it that way. But you shouldn't be doing more than one set of that, really. So that you should be able to go straight into it because you should, the first set shouldn't be like, that's what a, a final set should look like with a shoulder press. It shouldn't be like this. Um, if And if your warm-up set is looking like that, you're probably going too heavy. So you should be using a lighter weight if you want to do it, but there's no need to do the warm-up sets for each exercise if you don't wish, and that could speed it up for you. And the other thing is um, sometimes people may not have had enough sleep or need to walk away from a session. I can see Alyssa, uh, the other, the the coach here, one on her podcast, she mentioned that there was one day in the gym doing a hip thrust and she just walked out of the gym because she didn't feel like it and she, she knew she hadn't got enough energy in her body to do it and that's okay so are we sleeping enough are we stressed enough are we eating enough so i would look at will it have a negative impact 
no, it won't have a negative impact. If it's happening all the time, I would kind of say, could you superset? Could you change the times that you're training um, to make it a little bit more like this is your only 20 minutes or 30 minutes for you in your week? And like, if you can block out an hour for you in a week in order to get two training sessions in, I think that is feasible. I think that is doable. It just might mean that you might need to ask for a little bit more help or kind of say, right, when my partner's back, I'm going to train on the Saturday and the Sunday and make those your two training days, if that makes any sense. All right. Um, next question. Would be keen to get tips on how to increase protein intake. I'm a vegetarian, so that immediately limits me. Also, don't eat eggs. Would you recommend supplements or shakes? Okay. So there's loads of different options for vegetarians. All right. You're not a vegan, so you're not as limited as someone who is maybe a vegan. Vegans, you're still fine. You just have to eat a lot more of the food in order to get the same protein. And you have to eat a lot more variety. So would I recommend supplements? are meant to supplement a diet. All right. They're not meant to be the diet. So when you hear I'm going to have a supplement or a shake or whatever it may be, if it's your only thing you are eating or the only thing you are drinking, I would worry for you and your health and your ability to stick to it. So when I hear like shake diets and stuff, they're a load of crap. They're a load of crap. They're unsustainable. Um, so if you look at your, say, your protein intake as a vegetarian and you actually fill up the numbers and look at your macro breakdown and stuff, are you a million miles away from, so say if your target, say, 80 grams a day, for example, and you're consistently hitting maybe 60 or 65 and you want a really easy way to, do, to, get, to get it topped up and you got, don't feel you can have a little, any more vegetables in order to get that, well, then I would maybe add in a little bit more. I add in some whey protein or Greek yogurt into something. And that way you can get that up really, really simply and really, really easily. Okay. Um, if it's the only thing you're having, then you might find that your digestion might not be great. It can cause a bloating. So protein is harder on the gut. It takes it. It's harder for the body to digest it. Um, and it's more satiating so that's why you keep you feel full after it and most people when they neck it they actually don't give their body enough of a chance in order to to digest it um go on Alyssa. um the so it might be a little bit more bloating if you still neck the shake so if you are doing it maybe sip on it um, you can make it a, a smoothie if you want, throw in a few berries and make it tasty as hell if you want. Um, but you can use them if you're if you're kind of struggling some days. Great. I use whey protein powder nearly every morning by the weekends um, as a way to kind of get my protein up so that I'm satiated and topped up like 30 grams straight away for at the beginning of the day. That's a really, really simple, easy way to do it uh, if that helps. Um, the other thing is with the other elements of protein that you could take, you could look at grains and pulses. So think of like your lentils, your pulses, your beans. Um, they're really, really handy. And they're in most people's cupboards. They really, really are. So if you look at hundred grams of boiled lentils contain about nine grams of protein and they can put, you put into stews. They can be put into casseroles, they can be put into curries, they can be put into soups. 
they've got chickpeas, they've got black beans, they've got kidney beans, you've got baked beans. They're all a really, really easy way to do it. And they can, if you look at quinoa, you look at oats, barley, um, and also mixing them all in. If you look at maybe 50 grams of oats with a little bit of milk, that contains around 15 grams of protein straight away. And if you even got one of those oven more protein milks and put some of that in, you're probably getting a little bit more. So just looking at writing out, like I said earlier on, your list of foods that you're having at the minute and how you can tweak that for yourself and actually writing it out in front of you, you'll be able to see, oh, I can add this in here or I can reduce this here. And that way you'll be able to know that you'll be able to work through it. You've got dairy products, which are which I'm going to talk about in a sec. You've got eggs. So I don't know, you kind of mentioned that you don't really like. You've got uh, egg whites as well. You've got soy and tofu. You've got some nuts as well, but nuts are quite high in calories as a protein source. So for every one gram of protein, there's nine ca- or sorry, there's four calories. For every one gram of carbs, there's four calories. For every one gram of fats, it's nine calories. For every one gram of alcohol, it's seven calories. So you can see fats are double what uh, protein and carbs are. Doesn't make them bad, just means that you're going to have to be a little bit more mindful of the amount. So that's why when people are snacking on nuts, they're really easy and really palatable and they're really easy to eat and overeat. That's why people, when they kind of say, I'm only having a handful, I'm like literally a handful because they can add up really high and quickly in calories and they're not the greatest protein source. They're fine, but they're not. I'd, you can get better bang for your buck elsewhere. Um, if you are a vegetarian, I would get your bloods done just to make sure you're not deficient in anything because iron can be a factor. I would look at getting omega-3 and omega-6s as a supplement. And then I'll just make sure you're getting some sort of blood tests to make sure that you're not deficient in anything because you will be missing out on certain amino acids because uh, you need all the branched-chain amino acids um, in order to make sure that you are at the same levels as someone who necessarily isn't a vegan or a vegetarian. Okay. So... The next one, which I think is going to be a surprising answer for people. I don't think I'd be interested to see. So my question is thoughts or advice on low fat products, example, milk. So full fat, low skimmed milk or cheese, regular light mayo or Kerrygold. And then there's the also the yogurt thing. Are low fat products better for you than the full fat products uh, options? So if you look at all, if you went into a shop right now, the milk aisle is more confusing than a Stephen Bartlett podcast episode. That makes no sense. So you've got cow's milk, you've got goat's milk, you've got soya milk, you've got almond milk, you've got nut milk, you've got, I don't know, some other milk. There's loads and loads of different options. All right. So some people can struggle to digest cow's milk and they can have a laxative effect. They can get bloated from it. And this may be because of low levels of the enzyme lactase, and that makes it harder to digest the sugar that is lactose in dairy products. Other, may, other people may have allergies to it and they may have a serious allergy to it. So what I would kind of look at is there's loads of different options. So there's cow's milk which is ideal in tea. It's ideal in cereals. It's hot drinks. It's about 64 cals per 100 milliliters. And it gives you about 3.4 grams of protein. You've got soya, 
which can be some brands are fortified with B B12, A and D. Um, it can be dairy free for some people per 100 milliliters. It's about 3.3 grams of protein. Okay. 33 cows, almond drinks. Uh, they can be handy if you don't, if you, if you like them, um, some can have D vitamin D and B12, uh, some can be unsweetened or sweetened. Uh, so they're about 0.4 grams of protein. So they're not great on the protein front. And they're about 13 calories per 100 milliliters. Then you've got oat milks, which are about 45 calories per 100 milliliters. And that's about one gram of protein. Then you've got coconut. I, I, anyone that drinks coconut, I don't know what shops you're going into. Lactose free dairy drink as well, um, which is about 3.4. Um, and then you've got, yeah. So the way I would look at it is if you're looking for the lower calorie options, it can be handy to get the calories down. All right. The lighter mayo, it's not as tasty. I don't care who says otherwise. They're not as tasty. All right. If you're looking at overall health as the bigger picture, I would try to get in some element of dairy into your diet. You need dairy for calcium. Then bones, then bones need calcium is the ad that comes into my head from childhood. If I'm too old, I'm showing my age right now. Okay. But you need it for your calcium. You need it for your healthy bones. And as women get older and men get older and people get older, our bone health dissipates, particularly women who are going through perimenopause. And if you're struggling to get calcium in, milk is an easy way to get some calcium into your body, plus the other minerals and stuff. So I wouldn't just take it out completely. I also may not just drink pints of it because it's just you're not going to feel great afterwards. Some do, some don't. Some love it. Some like I know as a kid, I used to have a pint of milk probably every day for dinner with dinner and then somewhere along the line i was like no i'm just going to go over to water just personal taste and grew out of it but i would try to at least get some proper dairy into my diet on a regular basis uh if you're looking at the lower calorie options they're great if you're trying to lose weight but if you don't like the taste well i wouldn't really use it like the light mayo thing isn't tasty if you're looking at the yogurts and stuff, the, the full fat yogurts are just higher in calories. They have a little bit of fats in them, but they're decent fats. They're not like trans fats. Trans fats are man-made fats. So if you're really, really looking for for like the answer, you need to look at it from a point of view of like the skimmed milk that people are kind of going for may not necessarily be as healthy as people are kind of saying. It's healthy, but it's not as healthy as people are saying or making it out. It's lower in fat, lower in calories than whole milk, but marginally higher in calcium. But some people and some experts are maybe suggesting that the saturated fat in dairy may not be the problem in terms of heart health that people have thought originally. And by drinking skin, we may be missing out on those fat-soluble nutrients like vitamins A and E. So we do need kind of a mix and match. And um, it can be useful when if you chop and change. So I would go between the two. If you can, if you have a lactose intolerance, different. Um, but I would kind of say neither options are negative or 
positive, what I would say it's probably any like everything in nutrition, it's in the middle somewhere. All right. The next question, which is the one that made me laugh, was I've increased my vegetables and I've increased bloating and I am farting an awful lot is basically the sum up of that question, right? So there's a couple of things that could be happening. You've gone from zero to hero with your vegetables. So your body's not able to process the amount of fiber that your body is putting into it at the minute. That could be a factor. You may have drinking more fizzy drinks. You may not be drinking enough water. If you are drinking water, you could have put maybe dilute into it. You could be stressed. You could be maybe having a little bit more oils into certain things or dairy into certain things. You may be eating too quickly. You could also, the fact that a lot of people, you could also look at what the other option is, is cold weather. So a lot of factors is, I was talking to a lot of people, like, I don't know, we're talking on the football team. I don't know when people start asking me questions, like being a nutritionist on a football team, you get asked a lot of questions. So cold weather can impact your digestive enzymes uh, to work less effectively and less efficiently. And that can lead to indigestion and can lead to bloating. So your body's not processing and functioning at full capacity. It just gets a little bit more sluggish. So at the end, like it's like you're trying to rev your car, but it's not getting the full whack out of it. So you need to, it, it could be the cold weather, which is which would make sense from last week. It, my guess is it's that it could be that you've gone from zero to hero. You might be having a little bit more beans or vegetables, chewing gum, oils, fizzy drinks, drinking out of straws, loads of different options. Um, so they're the kind of like the nine questions. Taking me 46, 44 minutes to go through nine questions. I have no idea what I've said, but hopefully that makes sense. 